0: Hello, my name is Julie Smithson, and I am your XR for Learning podcast host. Today on our podcast is Sean Strong. Sean is the CEO and co-founder of Grove Learning. Grove Learning is working to make VR more accessible and effective for educators worldwide. Sean studied artificial intelligence at Stanford University, worked at Apple and EdTech, and has taught over a hundred students how to code. Welcome Sean. How are you?
1: Hi, Julie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm doing well.
0: Great. Why don't you highlight a little bit about yourself and Grove Learning and uh, the mission that Grove Learning is bringing to education and learning?
1: Yep, Uh, as you mentioned, we are Grove Learning. Uh, We're a management platform for Oculus Quest and Go, specifically engineered for the classroom. Uh, We originally built VR experiences, we created a math game called Space Dribble, and uh, we we kind of realized in that process that actually bringing that to schools was very challenging and that uh, for uh, your average teacher who might not be savvy with technology, um, VR can actually be very hard to use. And so for us, we kind of started with Grove Learning with this mission to really make VR simple for educators.
0: That's awesome. Um, I know that you started off, as you mentioned, creating the content for, uh, for a library to be used, I guess. And then, and then you kind of had to take that step back, as you said, to ensure that the teachers had a system that they could use uh, that was easy to deploy in the classroom setting, and maybe you can talk a little bit about the features of your your platform and why it's so easy for teachers to pick up and use for themselves.
1: Yeah, and so I mean the the core features that we provide with Grove Learning are just the things that teachers kind of wish they had uh, without Grove Learning. And so w- what does that look like? Uh, that looks like you can start any experience remotely, kind of from a dashboard, right? So if I have 20 students in my class. Uh, I can send them all to Julie's app and they'll all start at the same time synchronized. That being said, sometimes students really enjoy VR and they get a bit carried away and it can be hard to get your students' attention back. So sometimes you just want to pause, right? And with Grove learning, you can just pause all the experiences and kind of regain control of your classroom. We allow you to group different students. And so you can have five different students doing experience A and five other students doing experience B we kind of give you that granular control so on one hand we kind of allow the teacher to be in charge of the experiences on the headset on the other hand we tell them what exactly is going on right and so we can tell them what application a student is currently in we can actually provide full video streams of all the headsets in a classroom and so uh, you can we call it card view you can think of it as a kind of CCTV view where you can see all the different devices and what students are actually looking at in real time uh, which can help teachers kind of know what's going on because otherwise the status quo is teachers generally just kind of lean down and listen to headsets right and uh for, for us we, we just found that listening wasn't an effective enough management tool to really make VR practical in classrooms
0: so when if i'm a teacher and uh obviously i need to have a little bit of curation and Uh, knowledge base on what experiences to use in my classroom. There obviously needs to be a little bit of analysis on, you know, which student would do better in experiencing something than another student. And there's a lot of conversation now about teachers and their ability to evaluate the students and provide an individualized learning experience. Maybe you can talk a little bit about how do the teachers decide or how does Grove Learning help teachers decide which content to distribute to which students?
1: Yeah. And so I I think from our perspective, we really want to empower teachers. And so the way that we view our our platform is kind of an extension of the teacher. And so we actually don't take any real stance on how a teacher should run their class and how they should curate. Generally speaking, the, the teachers who we've worked with in the past have a pretty good idea in terms of what content they want to feature. The the problem is that when they try to actually run that content, uh, they just end up wasting a lot of time, right? And they don't, they're not actually successful with it. And so, I I mean, I think individualized learning and I mean, I I studied artificial intelligence, so there are a lot of interesting things there. Um, But I I think for us fundamentally, like teachers have done the same thing for like laptops. They've done the same thing for iPads and For us, it's uh, we believe that at this point, teachers are by far the the best arbiters of like what actually is effective teaching, and we just really want to give them that granular control over the devices so they can um, do what they think is best.
0: Maybe you can speak to a little bit more about the setup. Uh, from what I experienced on your website, which is grovelearning.com, dot com, it seems simple. It it's very it's laid out very easy to read, but how simple is it?
1: For us, well, one of the key value adds for us is, is that setup time, right? And so if you look at, again, a classroom with 20 to 30 VR headsets, to get everyone up and running uh, for the first time can often take anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes. It can take a long time, actually, when students aren't familiar with VR, they're not sure what's going on. Um, and we can bring that generally down to about five minutes. And for experienced classrooms, it's, it's even less. And so... For the repeat user, that the setup is very simple. You can just turn on the headset and it'll instantly launch the experience that you want. And it'll also lock you into that experience. And so if the student tried to exit and let's say they wanted to watch last week's like soccer game, um, they wouldn't be able to, right? Because with our software, we can kind of lock a student into a particular experience and we can make sure that that's done on boot. So right when you turn on the device or wake it from sleep and all of these kind of small things add up to just saving teachers time in the long run. The initial actual setup on the device, so loading the software can take, <laughs> take a bit of time, uh, but we generally do that over a phone call and um, we're there to help through that. For us, we really find our value add in that repeat usage, right? When you're using it every week or every day uh, and you get to save those 10 minutes every single time you run the class.
0: I think that, one part the part where you say 20 minutes down to 5 minutes launch time i think that's a real clear roi for for teachers to understand how impactful this technology can be and breaking down that barrier that many teachers probably have a fear of, how am I going to launch 20 headsets all at the same time and, and be able to do that? Maybe you can speak to any technical assist that you provide or um, your suggestions to the teachers or schools to make sure that they have the tech help that they need to, to launch this. And then I'd like to go into the conversation of hardware and that management.
1: Yeah. And so, I mean, the, the way that we kind of view um, our, our software is really, we can just empower teachers directly. Um, and so, um, I mean, we have technology integrators that we're working with. We have teachers who just reach out explaining their, their tough management problem. In, in terms of technical support, like we're, we're, we're pretty responsive there and we try to help people out. But I think our philosophy with it is that, that the in- interface should be so intuitive that a teacher doesn't really need training, right? You can kind of just figure it out where if you click on a device, you click launch and it, it kind of just happens. And so for us, our kind of design threshold is we want a user who's actually never used VR before to be able to run a classroom with VR, right? And just because the technology is cutting edge, right, the Oculus Quest is amazing, that doesn't mean that managing it has to be so technically complex as well. It actually can be quite simple if given the right interface and kind of layers of abstraction.
0: That's awesome. Um, I think that <laughs> even just having this conversation relieves that stress of, of being overwhelmed as a teacher and and having to deploy something that may not even take as long as it takes to set up. And it needs to have that easability and functionality in the application to be able to deploy so easy.
1: Exactly. Yeah, just because something's cutting edge doesn't mean it needs to be painful.
0: Right. Um, Maybe you can talk a little bit more about the hardware. I know that your uh, application works right now with the Oculus Go and with the Oculus Quest, which both fantastic uh, pieces of hardware that bring anything to life. But maybe you can talk a little bit about the approach to how you advise hardware purchase and, and management within the classroom as well.
1: Yeah, so I mean, g- generally speaking, as uh, schools kind of go about different ways of obtaining the hardware, um, some schools have grants, other schools have kind of tech budgets that they can spend. And we also work with universities and other kinds of players. And so um, actually obtaining the headsets, we don't really take a strong stance there. Uh, generally speaking, I think people end up getting the headsets off of Amazon, but it's, it's up to the individual. Um, for us, um, we kind of step into the equation once they've made that decision, they want VR potentially they've already purchased some headsets and now they've run their first class and they've realized that they're spending a lot of time on um, this kind of management question. I think that that's kind of where we step into um, the equation. And before that, uh, Julie, I don't know if we have a, a strong opinion either way. Um, just honestly, whatever makes the most sense for the school is generally what we recommend.
0: The fact that it seems so easy again, it's just, it's something that I'm not even used to in our conversations because we have, uh, we have so many situations around the world that are not adopting this technology as quick as as we wish they were. uh, And things are changing, obviously. I would love to jump back into... Math Dribble, one of your content games. And uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about that game and the gamification behind it. My personal view is that gamification is obviously uh, part of the analytics that go into educating a student and then recording back what they've done or achieved is re- analyzed into that personalized learning uh, situation. So maybe you can talk a little bit about your team and how you approach some of this content and the gamification behind it.
1: I guess um, to, to explain the full premise of Space SpaceDribble is, is a pretty complex endeavor. So I'll, I'll try to simplify it, um, But uh, well, and, which is part of the reason why we realized it, it wouldn't work in schools. Um, but what uh, what we found was it was kind of a multiplayer... VR game where some students were outside of VR and some students were in VR. And the entire premise was around getting this space dribble home to the rocket ship and uh, you'd use math functions to to get them there. Um, I think what we realized in that development process was, and we actually weren't sort of factoring in analytics. We we were very basic about it when we were building it. Um, So we just didn't really factor in teacher perspectives enough. You know, we, we didn't really think about what does this look like on the ground of an actual classroom with an actual teacher um, leading this with actual students. I I think for us, like we were kind of in our, because again, our, our background is all very technical. And so we were thinking about, wow, we can do all of this on the headset and the connection between the phones and the headset. And we just didn't really take a, a t- the time to, to look at, okay, what does this actually look like in the classroom? And when you actually look like how it gets implemented in the classroom, you realize that there are these just other problems um, like management that kind of need to be solved first if you're going to have widespread adoption.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's, let's go back and talk about multiplayer games then. I, you know, I think that's where really the future of entertainment, obviously, a lot of people agree the same thing, uh, future of entertainment, but also being in the classroom and having that multiplayer experience does your grove learning application host multiplayer experiences that's is that an example the the math dribble that you can do that
1: yeah so i mean in terms of multiplayer experiences bluntly right now julie like we um uh, there are actually a lot of really compelling single player games on the oculus store and in other areas that um individuals use pretty successfully in classroom contexts Um, i think I would agree with you that in the long run, these like multiplayer games make the most sense. Uh, I can just tell you from a development perspective, it's it's quite challenging to build a, a multiplayer game. And then especially for education, right? Because now you're dealing with student accounts. And again, just think about the, the management question. If you have 20 students in a class, does everyone then spend a couple minutes logging in in VR? And then once they've logged in in VR, you hope that they entered in the right like uh, username and password, and then they join and then... A lot of schools have bandwidth problems. So what happens if one of the students disconnects? And so, I mean, for us, again, um, it's, it's an incredibly exciting space. And uh, we've just found in terms of our, our existing usage that most of it is actually surrounding the single player applications, uh, which is different than what we thought initially, right? Our initial thought building Space Durable um, was, oh no, multiplayer is a feature. I think it is, but uh, it just needs to be done in an intelligent way that again is sort of class centric.
0: It's so interesting to hear your perspective of some, somebody who is uh, developing something for the classroom but with all of these different approach tactics which makes things <laughs> you broken things down a little bit further obviously and from your perspective to tackle these barriers and challenges of dealing with classrooms and teachers and that sort of thing so that's that's uh, uh, it's great that uh that your team has Pulled this together, and I'm really excited for Grove Learning. Is there anything else that you'd like to share about Grove Learning, or how to first approach Grove Learning, or introduce Grove Learning into their own education systems as a possibility of using as their management tool?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're at all excited about Grove Learning, I'd recommend you go to grovelearning.com. Just read through our site. Uh, If it seems exciting, it's pretty easy to create an account. It's pretty easy to book a call with us, and then. Over the call, um, if you have a device, we can just set it up and and get you managed in 15 to 30 minutes, right? And once you see what it does, um, then you can see if it makes sense for your specific use case. And uh, again, we we don't wanna force anyone to to use our tool. It's really just trying to find those use cases where we can save um, teachers that precious time, right? Because for us, I mean, if you save 10 minutes of class time, it's not only 10 minutes of teacher time, but if you have 30 students in that class you just saved 300 minutes of student time, right? That's five hours. And so for us, I mean, that's kind of where we derive our purpose is how do we make this amazing technology with VR accessible for schools, but how do you also make it efficient? And how do you also allow teachers to, again, do what they do best? And I mean, a lot of teachers here in the United States, at least need master's degrees, right? Like there's a, there's a lot of training that goes into that role in order to do it well. And for us, it's just allowing teachers to really rock that and and do what they do best and not not have to worry about these kind of simple problems that can be solved with software.
0: Well, with that, I think that's a great way to end our podcast. Thank you so much, Sean, for joining me on the XR for Learning podcast today.
1: Thank you so much, Julie. Have a phenomenal one.